Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Chancha. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam and then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Buongiorno, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of The Next Generation. No matter where you're tuning in from, Buongiorno, buon pomeriggio, buonasera, I don't know. Hope you have a glass in hand. And if it's morning, cheers to you. It's Sunday, or whatever day you're listening to this. Now, today, as you know or may not know, we got two groovy things going on. We got a fun grape to chat about from the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 book. And then we have a wonderful guest, the lovely McKenna Cassidy, who is a VIA student recent VIA Academy, the Vinitaly International Academy. We're going to chat a little bit with her about her evolution in the wine world and all the fun, groovy things she's up to. But before we do that, we have to do our little Grape 101, Italian Grape 101. You ready? Let's go. So I have been recently diving more into the grape groups, you know, these great families. Not all of them are families because not all of them are related. But as we know, families don't always have to be related we're not going to confuse you. We have Shenza to go into those details, those genetic details. So, Colorino. Have you heard of it? Maybe you have. You should know what Colorino is because you will find it in one of your favorite, favorite, favorite wines. I can't say it's your favorite wine, but a very, very well-known wine. And it is, drumroll, Chianti. Chianti, Chianti Classico, Chianti Montepulciano, Pino Nobile di Montepulciano, and then a few other DOCs. You'll find Colorino. So I guess you can use those context clues to figure out where Colorino is from. Tuscany. So Tuscany is Colorino's home. Now, there are a few group members in the Colorino group. You have, well, first I should say, they're all red. As you can, another context clue is Colorino, color, it's red, it's colored. So the primary group member is Colorino del Valdarno, uh, and that's the one you're going to find in Chianti blends um, and other in the Chianti, Chianti Classico, DOCG, and uh, Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, and as well as the Monte Carlo DOC. And then when it comes to the other group members, we have Colorino di Pisa, Colorino di Lucca, and Colorino Americano. <laughs> and I honestly need to do some research because I have just learned about this Colorino Americano, and I want to know more about it. But... As you can see with the two others, Colorino di Pisa and Colorino di Luca are these grapes of specific places. Pisa and Luca, both awesome places to visit in Tuscany. And find some Colorino if you can. So a little more details on Colorino as a group. So right from the book, we see that it says, the Colorinos form a group of distinct varieties, but all members play a similar role. Again, distinct varieties. They are added to wine to boost the color, Colorino, boom. During harvest time, they can easily be picked out in the vineyard. 
as their leaves turn dark red near maturation. Of the four main Colorino group members, Colorino de Valdarno shows the best winemaking potential. That's why you see it in these blends more predominantly. The others are much lesser grown nowadays. I'm sure they're plentiful, you know, with farmers at one point. Um, like I said, Colorino, no matter the member, are usually in a blend and rarely vinified alone. So that's what you got to know about Colorino. Now it's time to bring on our guest, Mikena. Are you ready? Hi, Mikena. Hi. So how are you? Welcome to Verona. Thank you. It's my first time. I'm delighted to be here. Cool. So yeah. where are you coming from? I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona, but I live in Hoboken across the Hudson River from New York. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm from Edgewater. I know we chatted a bit we about We did, this. yes. So we funny. have mutual friends from I, the area. I know. It's so weird. Like, when you know the same people, and then you just all of a sudden in this and little room in Verona In together, another city, record, yes. Very small room. Podcast. <laughs> it's a small room. This is, like, very cozy. Like, we are in Italian personal space right now. Totally European in our <laughs> yeah. space. I met you, like, three seconds ago. We're already face-to-face. <laughs> it's oh. good. Yeah, it's really good to be here. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about why you came to Verona. For Via. Oh, yeah. I heard about this uh, a couple months ago. Obviously, mm. we don't have a ton of turnover time mm. between you get in and you get to come, but um, I started in the wine industry two and a half years ago cool. uh, through an internship in Napa Valley, and then I started to work in sales and distribution on the East Coast, and that's where I met past VIA ambassadors who spoke really highly of the program. So after finishing my certified SOM last fall, I just was still in learning mode, wine-obsessed mode, and um, felt really grateful to get into VIA. Oh, super cool. Yeah. Amazing. It's good. I, I'm obsessed with wine. <laughs> so what made you go the Italian wine route? Yeah, my distributor has a really cool portfolio called Maze Row. I think the Maze Row brands actually have, um, like you do a podcast with Allegrini, with Tornatore, uh, with Piero Pen, and I sell those brands okay. in New Jersey. Um, and I work for our on-premise only like kind of division, so we specialize in that luxury portfolio, and I'm obsessed with those wines and their brand stories. I think they're really special. And seeing the connection between the Maze Row uh, wine merchants and Via was super encouraging. Super. Well, it's awesome to have a literal rep from New Jersey, <laughs> for I lack just, of a better I'm pun. I'm a wine rep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, so awesome. And so how did you start this love of wine? Like, where did it yeah, begin? Yeah, I, um, I grew up in Arizona and had no knowledge of wine. I went to the University of Notre Dame for college, oh. go Irish. And I actually <laughs> started... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started engineering, actually. I loved like the team building, the group projects, the problem solving, but I realized that I would rather communicate to someone why they should use the bridge than how to build the bridge. Mm -hmm. I realized I didn't really want to or care about how the bridge was built. I'd rather sell it to someone. Uh, I didn't even realize that was sales at the time. So I made a 180 degree turn uh, and I took a liberal arts education after first semester freshman year. It's called the Program of Liberal Studies. You read great texts from ancient Greece and Rome all the way up through present day and talk about them. Um, during that time, I wrote my senior thesis on Renaissance Florentine dining culture, where I got to travel um, from study abroad in Scotland back to Rome and Florence to do research. And here is where my like love of Italy developed. Um, of course, there is the story of my parents going on their 40th anniversary, coming back from Tuscany and our lives changed. They repainted our whole kitchen. We started to drink <laughs> wine at every meal, like everything was different. <laughs> and then I had my own experiences later on just traveling um, solo through the different parts of the country. 
So they're in the liberal arts education turned into an interview um, with uh, E&J Gallo Winery, actually. Okay. And I interned at Louisa Martini Winery in the Napa Valley doing oh. wine tours and estate um, tastings. And when I learned that I could be in wine hospitality for a living, I didn't want to do anything else. That's so cool. Okay, it's crazy how many random things we have in common. <laughs> First of all... I didn't go to Notre Dame, but mm-hmm. I went to NYU and I did liberal studies. Oh, amazing. But we have like... I think highly of liberal arts. Yeah, <laughs> me too. And, but we, so I, I was the same. I went in and I wanted to be, I wanted to be a diplomat. I don't know mm-hmm. what the heck was in my brain, but I was like, and again, I didn't veer off too much, but I did, I chose to go the liberal studies route. Yeah. And then we had GLS, which is like global liberal studies. Okay. And I studied abroad in Florence. Oh, amazing. Yeah. We don't need to talk about my thesis. It was, it <laughs> was great, but it, it's, it, it was a big topic. But I feel you when you're like... Liberal studies, and I'm like, what it is the most freeing, <laughs> enlightening path? You feel like you just study like goodness, truth, and beauty like every day. Like you actually come away from class feeling like I can be a better human being based on what I learned today. Like right. it's no, so cool. no, it's actually really true. And there's like this one class I always think about that I had that was really influential. It was called the Soul, Self, and the Mind. The way our professor would really put together different philosophy texts from different like schools of thought and like yeah. parallel them. So I was just I would come out and I'd be like, who am I? What am I yeah. doing? And it actually makes a question, totally. And Joy, our producer, made fun of me because I was reading like Herschel the other day just yeah. for, and she's like just for fun. Just for fun. And just she was like fun. she was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was just like I was like, well I'm not working. And she said, like, yeah, but that's like <laughs> <laughs> that's like me reading Ovid's metamorphoses in my free time. <laughs> I'm like, uh yeah, uh, I eat this stuff up. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm sure so you drank wine, maybe. Oh, completely. <laughs> they all did, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's so cool. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. So, Arizona to mm-hmm. Hoboken. Yep. People are like, Hat, why are you in New Jersey? Well, there's this uh, leadership program with Gallo that's um, uh, really well respected. I, I have learned a ton doing it. So, being in Notre Dame, obviously, in the Midwest, they were like, where do you want to go? Let's pick an area in the Northeast. So I chose New Jersey because I'd never been. First of all, you don't need an excuse to why you live in New Jersey. First You'd be surprised <laughs> how many people question me. I know, but people love to hate on New Jersey. That's a t- that's know, a thing for another but podcast. Every person but I've met there is fabulous. I have no issues. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah, you are cool. You know what's going on with See? us? That's it. I vibe. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you? I have a random question for you. Tell do it. you drink Arizona wine? It's a great. I was actually contemplating this yesterday because Professor Shenzo was talking about how um, I think it was the gentleman Viala who traveled mm-hmm. through Texas, Arizona, all the way to California to yeah. try to find ancient rootstocks that would help compensate for the tragedy of Phylloxera. And I'm looking at the map. He traveled directly through Pine Top, Arizona, where my family uh-huh. has a cabin. Um, there's an area up there called. Um, Page, but also a few other areas that make sparkling wine mm-hmm. called Chupacabra, and uh, a few just like indigenous grapes that they grow there. So some good sparkling, some good lighter bodied reds, and some whites. Um, during COVID, my family and I went to taste. So oh. it's actually called Jerome. That's where that they have a bunch familiar. of wine tasting news uh, ah. rooms. Yeah. So where is that? Because like I have family in Arizona, but they're like yeah. they're not near. They're like, do you know where like Gilbert is? Like correct. Yes. Yeah, like that area. So Phoenix is the central uh-huh. in like the lower valley, uh-huh. and these uh, areas for wine growing be a little higher altitude. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, c- up to a couple thousand feet, um, like north of the city, kind of a two-hour drive. Kind of just okay. in the Sedona area. Oh, okay. There's a lot of, like, wine Sedona. in Sedona. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So Sedona's you could beautiful. you could do a wine tour of Arizona. They won't be 
in my experience, as knock your socks off as some other areas in the world. However, um, refreshing, nicely made, a really cool representation of the yeah. Toa. I mean, and also just looking at the sunset in freaking Sedona, it like is, the sky. Yeah, the like, sky I is so... Drink anything. <laughs> you could drink anything and be like, this is the best it's moment the of my life. Like, <laughs> that is my struggle. I can't find it anywhere else in the world. The sky in Arizona is massive. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. So do you find that there's like a, like a cool like wine like drinking scene in Arizona and like I would say that the food and beverage industry, particularly in Phoenix, is extremely, like, innovative, competitive, and, um, like, awesome right now. Like, people are really being creative with what they're doing. And I know that when I lived there for the longest time, I actually was underage, so I didn't have a ton of experience with it. But um, every time I go home, I'm impressed with kind of the um, ingenuity of the wine lists and how I think the Psalms and the creatives behind that are being really, really thoughtful about creating a balanced wine list that's exposing people to different um, flavors, textures, and like wines, um, different bodies of wines to try Mm -hmm. to teach people through the wine list. And I think that's inherently important in creating a wine list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Keeping it diversified. and Totally. It's easy to be super basic in Phoenix, but, like, you don't have to be basic. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny. I mean, Love you, Phoenix. (laughs) There there are places that, like, it's very basic is, like, very, it's very much the the norm, and it's uh, that word basic. It's easy to stay comfortable, but to keep growing, you want to keep learning. Do you find Hoboken basic? No, because the variety of humans that go to St. Anne Catholic Church are hilarious and (laughs) awesome and genius. So we have, yeah. I go to the church across the street from oh, me. Oh, so sweet. It's awesome. Dance. Like, you've got everyone from from Joe to Anne-Marie to the youth. Like, it's awesome. So uh, people have been there for a long time, people who are new. Churches are great. Like, they're just yeah. such a, well, like, obviously, historically speaking, mm-hmm. then, like, just the social phenomenon of it all from, right. like, the past to now. Like, that's super cool because, you, yeah, you get such a mix, mm-hmm. especially in, in the area like North Jersey because there's so many different kinds of people. Absolutely. Yeah. So many ethnicities, religions, languages. Mm-hmm. It's, like, incredibly diverse, which I find awesome. It's been cool learning in wine, too, as someone who enjoys practicing my faith, the history and connection between the church and wine, obviously not always positive, but the transplantation of vines from place to place because we needed them in the Mm -hmm. mass and uh, the connection of monks, you know, kind of reviving wine culture in certain areas. And a lot of like historical sites in my faith are connected to wine. So I just think that's pretty powerful. Encourage me to learn more. No, yeah, no, same. Absolutely. I'm not a very practicing Catholic. I have my, I have my sacraments. Bless. Nice. I have (laughs) probably should go to confession. But that's okay, not the same. point. <laughs> can confess in this podcast, please. Are you guys ready? <laughs> but um, everyone's on the edge of their seat I know. now. I'm like, what happened to me last night? But, um, that should be. That would be such a funny podcast. Someone's going to steal this. It's like uh, the night. It's like the night putting that idea ch- out The there. night before church or like something. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of which, of course, not to. Where do you go out and hang in Hoboken? 
after church oh. or before church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. You always hit up. So it's funny because I most of the restaurants in Hoboken are my accounts. So I actually uh. often avoid hanging at my accounts. Okay. Um, but there's a, a handful of really great quality cocktail bars. Um, I'm sure people who are familiar with Hoboken are familiar with the Madison Anthony Davids, uh-huh. um, Elysian, Stingray, Bin 14, etc. Um, I usually range in Uptown Hoboken because it's closer to where I live. And Uptown Hoboken. Uptown. Oh my god. I mean, downtown you're going to be smashing Hoboken's high noons. Hoboken's like this big. <laughs> it's like I know, but there's a difference. <laughs> no, you're right. It's true. I've seen it. Yeah, you, you've seen it firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no it's comment. fun to migrate between the yeah well, the poles. <laughs> yeah, it also depends on the eve- the night time. It totally depends on the day of the week. Yeah. It could be anything at any time. So do you, like, find yourself going more into the city with the path, or do you, like, go yeah. down to Jersey City? M- oh, to hang in my yeah. free time, you mean? When I'm not studying for VIA, I am... Yeah, I often go into New York City. I go to Greenpoint a lot. My friends are Catholic missionaries in um, Greenpoint. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It's called Shalom Catholic Community. They're Catholic, but Shalom means peace. Mm -hmm. Um, So even though it sounds Jewish, it's not. Oh, interesting. Uh, Yeah, it's a wonderful, we're all like Mm -hmm. upper 20s, like really cool community there in Greenpoint. Um, So I, I pilgrimage over there every weekend basically and then I hang in Hoboken um, my friends we love to like go to brunch I love to go on hikes in New Jersey I think um, going up north into like Connecticut upstate New York is really beautiful so I love to be outside just a little harder to extract yourself from the city um, than it is maybe some other cities but it's good wow you're so adventurous in my state I'm proud of you <laughs> thank uh, you um, th- I Greenpoint's great it's such a cozy cozy yeah. area of Brooklyn mm-hmm. it's um, yeah, no, you have me missing, because I lived in New York for some time, and it's like, I, you, I'm, like, missing those little, I, I grew up, like, literally near where you live, so it's, like, yeah, stuff I am, like, amazing. very nostalgic, but that's awesome, no, I love, and I'm so happy you brought up the church and everything, because sure. I recently, well, I always think about it, but being, like, sure. I always think about my, like, the my Catholic, like, faith growing up, and, like, how much, like, that kind of gave us this foundation with wine mm. and food, and, like, mm-hmm. understanding how much, especially Italian wine, how much the church defined it and like Mm -hmm. i mean and i don't know we just don't think about these things that like the church was you know the old like really had the group of people who were literate yeah literate for yeah some time and were able to record all these things and is there a particular memory or thing you're thinking of that makes you think Uh, i don't know i think because i'm italian american and like Mm -hmm. you, you know Growing up with like a grandma that's and grandparents that are very like you know in like Jersey, sure you pray. Like, yeah, like Roman Catholic. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have so many memories and like I, hmm, that's it. You're asking me the questions. Yeah, now. damn. <laughs> it's okay. You can think about it while we talk. I I I don't know. And this is not a specifically a Catholic memories. Uh-huh. Like in this, I mean, in in that sense. But like, I always think of like my dad and my grandfather dipping their bread in wine. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And like, af- especially on a Sunday, because you mm-hmm. always go to your grandparents like at on Sunday after mm-hmm. church, right? Mm-hmm. And like, kind of like those little symbols of like the wine being like the blood and the bread, right. and then like seeing it together at the table is like a very visual right. memory. It's very simple, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and like I don't know these just little things. Yeah, but. it's amazing. I'll eat bread and wine like in the evenings, you know, outside mm-hmm. of the mass when it's not consecrated yeah. as the body and blood of Christ, and I'm like, yeah, it tastes so good together. Um, but it is amazing. I mean, I've had a cup of wine in my hands weekly yeah. since second grade up until COVID when they took the blood of Christ away for the mass. Um, it's actually coming back this week in New Jersey. So I'm really excited oh, wow. about that. I, clearly yeah. I'm the worst. I didn't even know that. No, it's fine. I just learned that because someone told me like recently. Uh-huh. Um, so it's just kind of interesting like that 
wine was the thing that was taken away during the pandemic of disease and kind of separation. And now that we're back together, wine is being reintroduced, obviously optional. But I think the value of the discussion is like, in one of the world's most popular religions, like Jesus chose wine. And like, why is that? That drives me a lot to Mm -hmm. learn more about wine. Obviously it's part of the culture, but it's not the American sense of like, in America, we drink wine by itself all the time. We drink wine to get drunk. We drink wine in excess, and we don't understand what it is. And, mm-hmm. of course, that's a broad generalization of my generation, maybe. Wait, but I'm 25. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I just find a lot of... I'm, I'm always kind of teaching and educating a lot of my peers on uh-huh. what alcohol is, what wine is, how it kind of ties in. And I notice that... Um, and this is no shock, but a lot of other cultures, like you order a glass of wine, you get a little bite of food. So it's that constant like yeah. accompaniment, nourishment, yeah. you know, and a drink together that I think like incites community more. Yeah. So I think that's cool. No, absolutely. Yeah. And like I see, especially like with um, like, the example I was giving of the bread and the wine, it's mm-hmm. like the nourishment aspect and like it always comes down to and like in the sense of wine has always been there it's been a symbol of community for mm-hmm. ages it's been you know something people it was it was a I can't say it was a tool for survival yeah. but in the sense of times when they didn't have like sure. clean water you know what I mean it, it was used tra- it, it was always around yeah. and, and and I mean yeah no it, it's it's something that um it's making me think of that book do you know the book the one that like talks about um the history through food and it's like beer salt yes yeah, it's like you you start to realize, and it's you start to realize how much of um, how many different things are so aligned, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. But that's amazing. Yeah. If I may share one cool thing I yeah, learned uh, through Via studies, um, I started to read a lot of what I was learning analogously mm-hmm. through like the lens of my like faith and what I believe. So, for example, the Lambrusco vine, which I only learned through Via, which is very cool. The Lambrusco vine was a wild vine. It only kind of rested on the floor of the forest where it was wet and disease ridden and stuff and that kind of feels like me as a person without my faith (laughs) and then like kind of when you when you actually like trellis the vine and you bring Mm -hmm. it up towards the light and you put it on um some stakes and you let it Mm -hmm. reach out and breathe out a little bit it becomes um cleansed brightened the fruits healthier the fruits more delicious Mm -hmm. and i think that that's a cool like relationship with god so Ah, I like like how you found that. Well, yeah, because in religion, you know, monotheistic religions, like it's it's um, it's always been the aspect of kind of the mankind has always been. um, Well, not mankind, but like a the the, you know, the inner feminist in me hates using the man thing. But it's like, you know what I mean? I'm also Catholic. So it's like, man, (laughs) Um, women and men need each other. Yeah, exactly. But man like has to lead, like spread the message kind of thing. It's it's not something that happens like out of right nowhere that like stewardship exactly stewardship is correct yeah exactly no that's beautiful and i and it's you know it also historically you know you think like you said with jesus it's like where he was from and like that zone it's like it you know now a lot of people going back to the origins of where wine is really from right it's like to see that journey you know and it's totally and it's not a linear journey you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and I mean, nothing in life is linear, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, are you getting it? Like a lot of native grapes came from Syria. Yeah, exactly. Israel, that whole area of the yeah, world, absolutely. The Fertile Crescent, those right. things, correct? Uh, those places. No, it, it's in. Um, no, it's interesting. So, 
now, I mean, now you're like having me thinking of other thesis ideas, right? Like, <laughs> There's so many theses to no, be written. <laughs> but I, what I'm really thinking of is we need to do a nice church tour in, in Italy. Amen. That would yeah, be awesome. Yeah, I'd I would love down. to do it. And then find all the wine, wine motives. And we'll be like, hmm, she's drinking in that one. What's she drinking? What do you think she's See? drinking? Yeah. <laughs> it's just relevant. Like, yeah. that's the moral is like, it's relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. Wine is really the unifier. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I concur. Absolutely. <laughs> and it really is in downtown Hoboken. Just kidding. Yes. I don't drink wine. <laughs> I don't know Maybe what they drink. Maybe skip the wine. Yeah, downtown. downtown. <laughs> oh, gosh. I am trying to keep my silence on Go that for topic. For a hard seltzer instead. I know. Just to say, the last time I yeah, was there, it was Halloween because, like, my friends wanted to go, and I was like, I'm we not were, going. Oh, no. Halloween just, is crazy. Not, I shouldn't even be admitting on air that I was in Hoboken on Halloween, Halloween. one year. But my friends, like, really wanted to. Like, they had this thing that like they wanted to go there and I got there late yeah and I I literally got in a fight like not a real fight but I argued with a bouncer because they had like this line and right. I was like listen I'm not with a group my friends are in there like Can just I let please? me in I'm gonna leave in 10 minutes and then he was just being like he would not let me in and the line was like five miles long I was like is this for real? Like, I was, like, and everyone was just, like, ugh, it was Maybe so. Maybe your friends come out and go and just, somewhere else. Uh, yeah, that's tough. And, like, everyone gets crazy down there. Sorry, no it shade. Does. Sorry, downtown Hoboken. So but much yeah. love. That's the mild version of that. <laughs> um, but, yeah. This sounds like a difficult moment. Yeah, no, no, ho- yeah. But, again, thank you so much. Oh, I have to ask you this oh, one please. question before you go, because you're a VIA student. Tell it. Um, <clears throat> how do you feel about the exam? I'm honestly pretty excited for the exam. I'm waiting. I needed to give me like a benchmark of what I know. Excited? Yeah, I'm really excited. Okay. I'm like pretty jazzed to take it. That's refreshing to hear someone say I'm excited. Yeah, I don't have time to feel down in the dumps. I'm just really eager to take it. That is an authentic answer. That is an authentic answer. Yes. No, I see it in your face. You're just like, <laughs> Am I'm I not ready. a glow right now? <laughs> yeah, you're I'm glowing about an exam. I, <laughs> but no, I understand. And I think it's something that comes with like doing a lot of tests and just kind of rolling with it because you know it's yeah. coming. And it's like, there's kind of, I get kind of a high when I take exams sometimes yeah, it's hype. where totally. it's like, I'm going to do this thing. Even if yeah. I'm not that prepared, it's like you're, you're put on the spot. Right. And it's like, I you actually get pressure. to see what you know. Ex- oh yeah, it's, yeah. You're like going through your brain, yeah. like that SpongeBob like, Come episode. On, brain, I know you know. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Have you ever seen that episode where his brain's like on, like everything's um, like set on fire in SpongeBob, and he's like going through the files? I wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob as a child. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh wow. Well, there's but a I scene believe, that I feel you can like find I can, on YouTube. What I know of SpongeBob, I can totally envision. Yes, what you're and he's just like pulling all the files. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. That's like an exam. But oh, that's gonna be me tomorrow. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna play it cool though. Yeah. A good thing you haven't seen this SpongeBob episode <laughs> because then you'd be like, oh my then god. Then I'd really have this idea oh in my, my head. Gosh. But I'm very grateful. Like, all the, fa- the, like, Sarah and Henry have been super instructive. Mm-hmm. All the consortio has been so fascinating mm-hmm. to get the chance to try um, all the wine, you know, wines from 2016 or all these Proseccos in a flight or all these Sagartinos to really meditate on these special regions that. I don't have the financial or time freedom to mm-hmm. often be able to do that. So it's been an amazing, like, microcosm of the country as a whole. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much, McKenna, for coming on the pod. And we wish you the best of luck on the exam. Thank you. I can't wait. <laughs> and we hope that you enjoy Verona. I'm excited to, to go to Opera Wine and oh, cool. see Verona more. Awesome. I'll catch up with y'all and your friends tomorrow night. (laughs) Yes. Bottega. Good luck with that. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. (laughs) 
As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast, available anywhere you can get your pods.